Welcome to Season 2 of the Development Locker Podcast, where we progress to the how, where we aim to continue your development throughout the 2021-2022 season and start to proactively prepare you for your transition come the end of the season. Over the next 12 months, we will cover a variety of topics that you, the listener, have voted for taking ownership of your own development and transitional needs and those of other academy players and graduates. This podcast is a free platform that aims to put you, the person behind the player, at the forefront of everything we do, so that we may enhance your academy experience via our guidance, advice and support on a weekly basis. Each week, we invite guests to tell us their stories, share their experiences, so that you can take on board key messages that will positively impact your future. Our objective is to cover the basics well, provide you with the additional 1% in a variety of areas and give you an opportunity to continue your lifelong development as you transition through the academy system towards fulfilling your aspirations of becoming a professional football player and living a fulfilled life after football. These are your chosen episodes. This is your interview from The Locker. Today's guest is someone who is at the heart of supporting professional athletes in their transition. In her work of collaborating and facilitating bespoke educational programs, Amy has a proven track record in the development of athletes, their lives after their athletic career, as well as assisting those who prepare for this during their career too. In her work with Premier Sports Network, they lead in the delivery of events and education provision that aim to assist athletes in establishing dual careers, allowing elite athletes to upskill while they're performing to ease their transition when the time comes to hang up their boots. As Head of Education, Amy is at the cutting edge of changing the perceptions around dual careers. Putting athletes first, working with some of the biggest clubs in football, embedding the ethos that a good education is the foundation for a better future. She gave up her time and put aside her work for 60 minutes to demonstrate how important dual careers are and how Premier Sports Network can assist you on that pathway in her interview from The Locker. So, Amy, we'll get we'll get straight into the questions, and, and and thanks for joining us this evening. So, I mean, I know you, but our listeners don't know you. So, I suppose the first question would be, can you tell our listeners a little bit about your career journey so far? Yeah, absolutely, and and you know, thank you for having me on this evening. So, um, really, I started my career back at university. So, I went to Loughborough University. Um, studied my undergraduate there and I naturally kind of transitioned to working in the university which was brilliant for me you know my Loughborough University experience had been exceptional I'd really got to know the university behind the scenes colleagues staff and yeah I ended up getting my first role there 
um, going down to the London campus, which is in the Olympic Park, setting that up with the rest of the team. And that was my first experience of the world of work, which is a really exciting one. So obviously there I was working with young people, um, specifically around their support. So I was a senior support officer, but particularly looking at their careers, their employability, preparing them for the world of work, welfare, and just getting them through their master's degree as well. So real holistic support. That kind of is where my love for supporting others, professional development, personal development started. And I transitioned then into the corporate world. So leaving higher education behind and decided to go into the early careers market um, at graduate employers. So again, working very much in graduate recruitment, development, working with apprentices, and really exactly like what I was doing at the university, but just from the other side. And um, so they've now entered the world of work and I'm now putting them on their first ever development journey um, once they've got their first role. Alongside doing that, I actually decided to undertake doing a master's part time alongside working in early careers. And my master's was in work psychology. So very much focusing on psychology within business. And for me, uh, that's kind of where my love for sport in a in a working context started and so I started doing my research within sport so unlike maybe others who are looking at their research within the world of work maybe in the corporate environment or an office environment I decided to do the world of work which is on the pitch and so working with athletes and research in that area and kind of combining my experience of early careers, higher education and young people with the research and my passion really for looking at athletes and sport. I was really lucky when the role at Premier Sports Network came about, which could kind of merge all of those things together for me, and uh, which is now where I am today as head of education at Premier Sports Network. Yeah, and we'll go into a lot more detail in that in terms of your Premier Sport Network role and, and what that organisation does for supporting athletes and we'll I'm sure we will delve into that in a lot more detail. But kind of going back to your, your university kind of journey, and you mentioned you've done undergraduate and postgraduate as a master's. Yeah. What? How do you feel that university experience has prepared you for your current role and probably your, your career looking forward? Because not, not everyone thinks the university route is the right route for them, and that's not to say that it is just because you've done it and you found it very rewarding. But what would you say that, that added value to you as a person and as a professional in your career? Yeah, I, I think I was really lucky that um, I studied psychology at undergraduate and then specialised in business work psychology as a master's. And for me, that is where I wanted to go into. You know, I wanted to use those real practical skills, the theory, the research, the knowledge that I learned and kind of influence that straight into my work and life. But I think actually more than anything, university prepared me with everything outside of my course. So, you know, when you're talking about networking, building up your confidence, starting to do things like volunteering or charity work, meeting new friends, living away from home, all of that massively changed me as a person and changed me from really being a student who lived at home to then mm. being someone who was ready for the working world and had the confidence more than anything to be prepared for the working world. I think also university gave me the opportunity to test out things. So I was never one of those people at school who knew exactly what they wanted to do or had a real yeah. set career path. or And I kind of felt like Unlike my friends, I was a bit more lost because I didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to work with people uh, mm -hmm. and psychology was something that I was good at, at school and I enjoyed. And that's kind of what led me. But actually, university allowed me to 
find out what did I like? What don't I like? What are my interests? What kind of gets me out of bed in the morning and, and what doesn't? Uh, and to be quite frank, and up until I went to university, I, was, I wasn't quite sure what those things were. But I think having that real holistic experience of having the practical research through the course, but then everything that a university experience provides young people, combine those together has absolutely set me up for my career and where I am now. Yeah, and kind of touching on the, the point of what gets you out of bed in the morning, why a career in sport? Why not a career in business? I mean, we know sport is a business, really. Well, it's not really. It is a, is a business. But why solely sport? Because you've mentioned that, you know, a couple of times already earlier in this episode. Why sport? Why not just any kind of aspects of work or business? Yeah, I think it's a multitude of reasons, to be honest. I have absolutely loved sport from, you know, as long as I can remember. I've grown up in an extremely sporting family. So my parents are big sports fans. Um, my sisters play a lot of sport. I played a huge amount of sport at school uh, and hence going also to Loughborough University. Um, and most recently, my, my brother has also um, entered the sports sphere and um, um, getting his professional contract with them football. So I think just being surrounded by it from a very early age it was my passion um it was my passion alongside school passion alongside university and it's where I like to volunteer so I did a lot of volunteering within sporting events um I used to live on the Olympic Park so that certainly helped that and I just <laughs> yeah. kind of thought well why not you know if I if I love this industry so much and I'm getting so involved personally on a volunteering level and a charity level then why not have it as my career um, and really that's what made me kind of decide um, and firm down that in my master's research I wanted to focus on the sport industry so I could upskill myself get some um, further knowledge within it and then hopefully enter it as a profession and luckily here I am now so um, yeah I always think it was in the plan somewhere it just took um, a little bit of navigating through higher education and corporates and everything else to finally get here. Yeah well you talk about getting here so here is Premier Sports Network tell us a lot more about what that organisation is, what what they offer, not just academy players, but athletes in the professional sporting arena. Yeah, definitely. So Premier Sports Network... Um in its entirety is about bringing together industry leaders. So we work across more than 40 different sports around the globe and we really connect key st stakeholders, suppliers, um, everyone really to just improve the, those um, working behind the scenes and the sport industry as a whole. And more recently, um, hence my role now here, is we've had an education division where we are starting to focus much more on player care of athletes themselves. So, you know, we've been bringing together people and behind the scenes for years sharing best knowledge education best practice and we kind of thought well actually let's start championing it that ourselves let's start practically implementing things that we talk about and we bring people together to talk about which is why we now have our education division so in our education division, we have our life skills program that supports, you know, uh, our employability opportunities and workshops for academy athletes. We also have work experience opportunities. We have a huge amount of employer connections. So we really bridge that gap between learning a skill and then implementing it in the workplace. 
Um, but also, as you mentioned, it's not just academy athletes. We also have our athlete alumni network, which is supporting those who are transitioning or who have already transitioned out of their sport. And on top of that, we are also um, shining a light on these individuals through our next wave magazine. So this is a magazine where we really do showcase the best up and coming um, professional talent that are coming up through the ranks across um, across academies, both here, here in the UK, but also further um, afield in the world. So lots of things going on, but really for us, it's just trying to make a real impact within the industry that we are working within. I mean, I'm gonna ask you kind of two supplementary questions on that. So you've mentioned about personal development, yeah. What What do you believe within, because you said about your, your brother um, going through the academy system and now turned professional, what do you believe to be probably the standout, sorry to pin you down to just one, but the standout <laughs> aspects of personal development that is key for any player who's in the academy system with aspirations of making it into the professional ranks, in your opinion, with your brother going through that lived experience? Yeah, I think the key area of development is the emotional side and that might seem quite obvious coming from someone who studied psychology (laughs) but I really think it is about being emotionally ready and you know your physical fitness your physical health can take you so far but actually having your emotional well-being in a place where you feel comfortable and where you feel prepared where you feel ready and it's really really important and you know that can take you know having that emotional resilience and being prepared in that way that can actually then start filtering into other aspects which are also really important for preparing for your development such as you know your your support network understanding who you are what you want what your aspirations are being aware of your strengths and weaknesses so you can continually work on those so again you're prepared for that area of development that you're working in so I just think it really is about that self-awareness piece more than anything in, in my personal opinion. And then moving on to transition, which nicely is my is my next question anyway. But with I'm, I'm assuming you, you know your your brother's gone through a period of transition, even from academy football to first team football. Speaking with uh, an upcoming guest yesterday, um, I personally believe that's a, a in the kind of support network, should we call it, yeah. for those lads who are transitioning from academy to first team. What what did you see firsthand or were you aware of with, with your brother that he struggled with that tr- academy to first team? And is that something that maybe, you know, PSN are looking to, you know, address or, uh, action at, the, at this moment in time or are looking to address in the future? Yeah, I think he's at that stage where he's so he's currently in um, U23s, but it's had multiple call ups, you yeah. know, cup runs and preseason for the first team. And I think that's the hardest part where you are at that stage where you know you're good enough because you've had some calls up, you know the manager believes in you, you know your team believes in you and you've performed well on the pitch, but you're having to wait and be patient and earn your time um, and wait for your call up uh, again to cement that permanent you know, position within the first team. I think really it's about at that stage you are, you could be playing with anyone from other people your age through to, you know, mid 30 year old ex international yeah. players who are now you know starting to to play in lower leagues etc so i think it really is just about 
holding your own and being patient, working hard and knowing that that work will pay off at some point and believing in that and, you know, not giving up and things like that. So again, it comes down to that resilience piece that I've just mentioned, but also just, just, almost grown up quite quick you know you're having to work with different personalities you're having to work with people with def, de, you know different experiences different life experience as well as on the pitch experience and using that to your advantage um, but that's quite hard to do that takes quite a lot of emotional intelligence to do that quite a lot of awareness to do that alongside you know everything that you need to be doing to kind of get your gains with on the pitch so I definitely think it is that transition where you're, you're waiting uh, and that can be frustrating and you've just got to have that perseverance really. Yeah I mean it's obviously something that needs to be looked at and probably addressed by you know not just yourselves but everyone involved in academy and first team professional football in terms of that because I think a lot of time a lot of transitional support work goes into those lads who get released or like you yeah. said go down into non-league where it's almost perceived that those lads who make it from academy to first team, like, oh, they're all right, they've made it. They're 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 on X amount per week. They're they're trained with the first team. They've got it good. Where I know from personal experience, speaking with other lads who've progressed from academy to first team, it's almost like there's just that massive void of like, well, what about us? You know, we also yeah. need support, and we also need support in that transition. It's still a transition. It might be one of the better options for your transition but it's still a transition at the end of the day yeah and I think we've noticed things you know things like you start getting your first paychecks you know how yes. how do you start managing your money you're all of a sudden thrust into the spotlight I know that certainly you know took our family a bit by surprise that people started knowing you know my brother's name and starting to comment on him on social media about his performance and and how to handle that and so all of these things you know getting his first car um, you know, all the things that young people do experience when they are transitioning through their own lives. But I think really when you're in the sporting context and particularly within the football world, it just seems to be amplified quite quickly. It seems to be quite a quick transition that you almost go from you're still at school or you're still finishing your scholarship. Next thing, you're thrust into a full time job that you're getting paid for, that people are starting to comment on your performance, which you've never really had before. That's external to your coach and your team. And okay. that's kind of the things that we're working on um, here at Premier Sports Network with our life skills. So. The way we um, run our life skills is a little bit different to um, maybe some other life skills programs, but it's all about that preparation of being thrust into that spotlight. You know, we know that the main aim for most of the academy athletes that we work with, if not all, um, is to forge a career within professional sport. Yeah. So we want to prepare them for that rather than talking about plan Bs all the time. You yeah. do do that. And rather than talking about what happens if you're released, we also talk about well, what happens if you make it? What skills do you need? What education do you need? Because you are slightly different to your peers who aren't a professional um, sportsman or woman. So that is something that we're definitely incorporating. And I'm certainly taking a lot of what I learned from our life skills program and, and implementing it back at home with the younger brother. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, he's got uh, yeah, he's got a great support network. It sounds like already. <laughs> and, and continue with the transitional theme, and, and and you touched upon it there. But in terms of, and I don't know whether this was the case with with, with your brother or you know your experience with um, academy players in in your in your day job and with your role uh, within PSN. But why do you think that academy players and even professional players leave their transitional plans? Not too late, so it's never too late, but yeah. later on in their career. And, and and like you said, then 
where it's almost like it is that plan B. Why do you feel that athletes in general, in my experience, specifically footballers, whether academy or professionals, kind of don't pay the respect it deserves early on in their career, regardless of whatever age group, whatever professional status there are? Why, why do you think that is? Why do they leave it? almost as like as an afterthought or I'll wait till that time comes when I know I'm going to retire, when I know I'm going to be released. Yeah. And, you know, I've spoken to a lot of athletes about this in terms of, you know, what, what are the challenges? Why is there almost the barrier up when thinking about, you know, second careers or transitioning or retirement? And a lot of the responses that I get is, well, it's because I just want to focus. You know, I want to have my sole focus. If I don't focus on this, I won't achieve it. If I don't believe I'm going to become professional or if I don't believe I'm going to have a career for 20 years in my sport, then it won't happen. So there's almost a lot of kind of self-talking into this is the right thing to do. The right thing to do is to ignore you know that transition and focus on my sport but some people said that actually didn't come from themselves it came from their influencers so whether that is their coach their parents and those around them you know almost egging them on you know you need to focus on your performance thinking about other things may distract you now I know we've come a long way especially within the football industry but that's not the case but when I was speaking to a lot of athletes who were from other sports they still very much have that pressure of um their coach is saying hold on a minute don't distract yourself what what are you doing yeah. you know your self-focus needs to be this but I think the biggest thing of all to be honest with you is a bit of naivety in terms of you just said it to be honest well, I'm going to prepare for my retirement. Let's let's be honest, most people can't prepare for their retirement because you don't know when that time's going to be. I was talking no. to someone just the other day, you know, we all have critical moments in our life or, you know, some, you know, the, the kind of the academics would say career shocks where, you're, you know, you're happily going along in your career, you're doing your best, but you can't predict an injury. You can't predict a bereavement. You can't predict a serious illness. You can't predict, you know, an addiction or something that comes in and just, you know, takes your normal life away from you. And that's why I think it's really to educate people that retirement can happen whenever. It's really kind of not in majority of people's control. So just need to really um, be prepared for that. And um, but the, the unfortunate thing is, and, you know, maybe it's a good thing, though, that most young people live in the present. And why shouldn't they, you know, live in the moment, enjoy whilst you've got it? And um, But I really do think that that kind of critical moment piece is something that we do really need to talk about a bit more. Yeah, I think it's like you said there, it's striking that balance, isn't it? It's, 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 it must be difficult for them to, to try and, you know, put a lot of their efforts into their current career, live in the moment, but yeah. also have one eye or one part of their brain on, the what ifs, the what next, but you know, even us people outside of sport, mm -hmm. you know, well, certainly outside of the performance aspects of it, you know, we probably don't have a transitional plan and kind of go with the flow and you know, grab an opportunity when it comes along. So, we're as guilty as athletes, I suppose. So, it's yeah, practice what you preach at the end of the Definitely. day. You know, at any point, redundancy can hit, you know global pandemics can hit we just don't know so I, I definitely agree with you there it can certainly be for for anyone and I do think that we sometimes are guilty as you've said that we don't have transitional plans we don't have career plans so why do we expect kind of 17 18 year old young people to to have that in place so absolutely exactly. I mean in terms of your transition you've gone through a number of transitions you listen to them at the beginning of the episode yeah what what key skills learning did you take from that that has 
smoothed over future transitions for you? You know, was the uh, was the uh, turning point where he's like, wow, that was, you know, I wasn't ready for that next step from university to your first job or, you know, once you've done, your, you know, working full time in your master's, is there any kind of key learning that you can convey and pass on to, to our listeners as a, a bit of a, a hint tip, a golden nugget that they can take with them? Oh, well, hopefully. Um, <laughs> um, I, I, I think, to be honest, um, change is quite scary, really. If you think about it, you know, it's only natural that we as human beings will have some sort of emotional response to change, whether it's anger, whether it's being scared, whether it's excitement or being sad. Change, you know, is, you know, it's a big thing in life. Um, and I think understanding that it's okay to have those emotions when, when you're going through a transition or when you're moving on or something has happened. Um, and I think, again, what I really learned, a couple of my earlier transitions, you know, like you mentioned, transitioning from university into my first job, you know, huge amount of imposter syndrome, you know, 21 year old female entering the workplace, you know, trying, you know, trying to earn credibility and all of that. But I think as I've kind of gone through quite a few transitions and as I've learned more about myself, that kind of self-awareness has been really key for me in terms of I've learned that. I'm not very good with loads of changes at the same time. So if I know that I'm coming up to a transition or I want to change something in my life, I've kept everything else consistent around me. So my support network, my home, uh, it might be that, you know, my job is the same, but I'm choosing to study instead. So I've kept everything else quite normal so that change doesn't seem as as daunting. Um, So, yeah, I think it's just that really in terms of being self-aware of how do you react to transition and for me it was really important to have a support network the whole the whole way through uh, and understanding that the support network is there for you to use um, and often in my again in my first couple of transitions I kind of thought I could do it on my own what you know what's so scary about moving on to my second career or my second job but actually reaching out to others having role models having people you can trust is really important for me so sorry there's quite a few things there but um, I think it's just, you know, just learning about yourself and, and understanding how you can cope in those periods of change and transition. No, I mean, the more the merrier. That's that's great. I mean, in, in talking about that period of change, how have you dealt with changing your career from either a perspective that's been under your control or outside of your control? Now, we've all gone through a pandemic, which has definitely been outside of our control. Yeah. But, so have you encountered both of those where there's been a career change where, you know, for whatever reason, the company's ceased to trade or you've been made redundant or a contract's come to an end and you didn't want it to come to an end? And then conversely, how have you lived with that change in your career, the transition when it's been under your control, where you've made those next steps that you talked about at the beginning of the episode, like, right, no, this is my logical next step. I'm now going to go into this area of business. Yeah, so I've been quite fortunate that I haven't had many outside of my control, um, which I feel very, very fortunate about. But even when they have been in, under my control, um, you still have to deal with it, don't you? It's still yeah. something new. Um, it's still something that you're having to process and live through. I think for, for me, um, the, the biggest thing that supported me through that was my network. And I've mentioned kind of my support network, but I, I think I mean my my you know, my wide network, to be honest, you know, when I when I have realised that maybe I'm ready for a change, or that I may have outgrown a role, or I want to try something new, 
my network has always been there. I've been very fortunate that all of my roles and my jobs and my opportunities have come through people who I've met along the way and who I've stayed in contact with. So for me, building that network was fundamentally important to get me where I am now. And actually, that would be my biggest piece of advice to anyone, you know, when they're having to deal with change um, is is get that network around you. Um, that, Like I said, that's how I found my roles. I've learned from people in my network. I found mentors in my network. My network has provided me with opportunities, with experience, which, you know, in hand with being presented those opportunities has helped me improve my skills, you know, my knowledge, my confidence. It's helped me try out new things. And that's all come from just meeting new people, giving other people the time of day and forcing myself to speak with people who aren't like me. So to hear from someone different who's got a very different view or to someone who's got a very different background. And to be honest, that's how I have dealt with my career changes because that network work has has been has been what's with me the whole way through yeah oh, that's interesting I mean and then in, in terms of your own kind of transition to to the role you're in now tell us a little bit more about the educational offerings to either academy players professional players and athletes in other sports so how does that work in terms of your role and, and PSN how do they reach out to you what's an offer from an education perspective how does that all work yeah, so we, we treat all of our sports the same. So we have our life skills program, as I've, as I've mentioned, which we deliver to all sports. And um, we work in very different ways. We, you know, I work with individuals. So I work with individual athletes on a one to one and use, you know, my kind of my career background, and my career advising and employability background to support them, either considering the world of work, considering further education, apprenticeships, just a bit of work experience. So supporting athletes directly is a big thing for us we work with clubs um as i've mentioned again through our life skills program and through delivering things such as work experience opportunities taking cohorts of young people whether that's an age group or certain group it might be a transitioning group or a group of people who are just about to be released taking them out into the world of work um, and then also we work with leagues um, and associations and player associations where we do much bigger things such as careers fairs or employment weeks or career insight sessions so there really is a whole host of what we can offer for every part of the chain and every part of the support system really for for athletes who are who are in the world of professional sport so we do that for across all sports like I said and I think that's one of the things that we really benefit from and we really I guess just enjoy is that we can take the learnings from different sports and implement them into others so you know I can go and say oh you know Hello, Cricket Club. You know, I've just spoken to a rugby league club. They're doing something like this. Have you tried it in this way? And it's yeah. just a quite nice, really. It's a bit like what I was saying before. Speak to people who aren't the same as you, who don't have the same ideas. And it's really, it's you know, really fun to see what can come out of that. Yeah, so you talked quite a number of events there. Have you got anything that's in the offering for the remainder of this year or something that's coming up in early 2022 that some of our athletes, some of our listeners will want to kind of, uh, yeah, know more about or try and pursue yeah definitely so we have our monthly webinar series so every month we have a big brand and um, so a big corporate company and um, who is an absolute expert in their field talking about a particular skill or a particular industry or particular career and that's when you know we go back to saying we're here for those who are going to become or are a professional athlete and want to hone their skills to support them whilst they're a professional. And that's when we really talk about the skills in those areas. 
or we're here to talk about careers for those who are considering transitioning or have transitioned. And so we do that every month. So um, people can absolutely get involved with that. They are complimentary to our to our network and, and to the listeners. So that's fantastic. And then next year, of course, we'll have our conferences, um, which we host every year. And at, you know, further information will be shared on our website and uh, in our newsletters moving forward. So if people are interested to hear from us more and to get um, you know more updates and hear about further events and activities then they can go onto our website and they can subscribe to become part of our network and they'll get a whole host of information and opportunities sent to their inbox that's great and one last shameless plug from yourself i'm teeing you up don't worry um, she, uh, amy's not asked for this uh, you mentioned <laughs> the magazine at the beginning so is that uh, is that an actual in-person old-fashioned paper magazine or is that an online version where can our listeners access that if possible Yes, it is both. So we've gone, we've gone modern and old-fashioned. So we have, um, we have two magazines. So as I mentioned at the beginning of the conversation, we have our um, Next Wave magazine, which is very much shining a spotlight on the next generation. So the interviews are with academy athletes. You know, the content is educational, inspiring, yeah. um, for those people. But we also have our On the Front Foot magazine, which is our more of our business-facing magazine. So if you're interested in the more holistic world of sport and what What's going on across the 40 sports that we work with we have that as well so you can um get access to both the digital and the old-fashioned paper copy uh, <laughs> both on our website um and that will easy, you'll be able to easily find that um on our home page yeah i'll put details on the uh, of your website on our website as well and also in the bio of this episode which leads me into our final question uh, which is always our final question what one piece of advice would you give? Now you can choose whether it's personal development, professional development or transition. Yeah. Um, but in one of those areas, what one piece of advice would you give our listeners who in the main will be academy players? I think my biggest piece of advice um, to anyone really um, is to have multiple identities. And what I mean by that is to be more than the athlete or be more than, you know, for example, be more than Amy Ward, who works at, um, you know, at Premier Sports Network. It's about having yeah. other interests. It's about having identities. It might be that, yes, you are absolutely an academy athlete, but you're also um, a musician or you like to do property design or you are going to be a dad or a mum, you know, having that multidimensional environment in your life is so important just so that one you can embrace everything that you've got in your life but two it really has proven to show that as soon as you transition or you come into transition having other interests having other identities being excited about being something other than a footballer or an athlete and can really help that process um, and just make it a much more enjoyable one and in fact I've spoken to a lot of athletes who do you know identify as other things um, as other professions or you know as I said maybe a sister or a mum uh, and they're quite excited about the future after sport they see it as another opportunity to have another career and another you know different life where they can really fulfill other interests they have so I think that'd be my my biggest thing make sure that you are more than just the athlete what I love about that is it's simplistic it's achievable and yeah it resonates with with I would think every single one of our listeners in terms of that of that multiple identity I think too many times not just academy players not just football players I'm sure most athletes they do identify solely or you know in the, the majority 
as just that athlete. And I think that's not uh, not the healthiest way to, to view yourself as an individual and a human being. So that's fantastic advice. And on behalf of our listeners, I want to thank you for your time this evening, Amy, to jump on a recording session and yet yeah, to, to give back plenty of information over a variety of topics, not just development and transition, but your personal transition, your job role, and hopefully some of our listeners will be able to reach out and join on to the conferences, the upcoming events, and certainly to be able to download that magazine in either format. And yeah, as a result, continue to develop themselves and also support their own transition. So thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me, Lee. I am made up that we were able to get Amy on the podcast. As someone who shares a great passion with me, it's also a pleasure to speak with like-minded individuals. But more important than that, it is amazing to have someone with the expertise of Amy to give back to you, our listeners, on how easy transition can be. I know firsthand how approachable Amy is, always on hand to support and even just to discuss options without judgment, bias or the hard sell, which you can do by going to our website and locating Amy's details along with our previous guests on our website. Just go to www.developmentlocker.co.uk and click the Partners tab at the top. Next week, we bring you not one, but two guests who I've had planned for a long time, and I can assure you it will be well worth the wait. In Noel and Alan, we bring you two great guests who have a rich and varied background in academy and professional football, who both now currently work with UCFB, a market leader in the university sector. To find out more, be sure to tune in next week as we bring you more interviews from The Locker. hope you enjoyed this week's episode and look forward to you joining us next week when we bring you another interview from the locker be sure to follow this podcast to access the latest episodes and make sure you share these interviews with your friends family teammates and anyone you feel will benefit from the episodes look out for behind the scenes footage on our instagram page for more information on our facebook page and be sure to give us a follow on twitter too Don't forget to access our website for up-to-date resources as well as contact details for all our guests who appear on the podcast from week to week. All these details can be found in the About section on the podcast platform you have accessed this episode from. We look forward to you joining us next week in listening to more interviews from The Locker.